Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Gym Class All-Stars. We're your hosts, Alex Baker and Robbie Rosenfeld. Back to give you another episode, another rundown of what's going on in sports. Um, we've we've kind of said over our last few shows, we're in the lull of sports right now. It's largely just baseball going on. And with them still with oh, at least a month of baseball left to go, uh, of, of regular season to go, we're not going to give really any report on baseball. Phillies are doing fine. That's all we're going to really, really, really leave it with for that. Um, so we're going to get into some other segments here later today, but we did have the World Cup of Basketball going on, the FIBA Championship, if anybody's familiar with that. And this has been an oddly competitive year, if anyone's been following that. Uh, obviously, the United States tends to dominate the the world play in, in men's basketball, specifically women's too, but we're just talking about the men right now. Um it's not like that hasn't been the case, but there's a lot of teams this year that actually have shown a decent amount of, of competition and competitiveness. And so I wanted to, I don't know, just break down the tournament a little bit. I don't know if you've watched any. I think I watched one game of the men, of the U.S. men so far, uh, the comeback against Germany, but just because my girlfriend's German. <laughs> that was the only one I, that I got a chance to watch just because I turned it on and it was, at the time, Germany was winning. And I was trying to see who the hell that they have it was looked like just dennis schroeder was the only person i could really recognize and then they have um franz wagner too right or yeah, they, not- both wagner brothers franz is questionable for the rest of the tournament now though with uh with an injury and then they also have um oh you can't forget about daniel tice of course how could i forget about daniel tice my favorite starting favorite center gave jaron jackson hell <laughs> Apparently everyone's been giving him hell if you watch any of the practices too. Not my deep boy. But yeah, with the FIBA, I think from the US side, it's not this isn't the Olympics, this is FIBA. It still matters, still an important thing, like especially for qualifying for smaller countries. But for a lot of this, like you look at the USA roster and it's a very um not I guess it's tough because it's super young. And a lot of the guys who would have done it in years prior, your Dwayne Wade's, your LeBron James, like those, the the superstars of yesteryear, you know, they're older. It's not the Olympics. They really don't want to go to it. So you have the roster filled out with guys like Anthony Edwards, the Depoy, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Austin Reeves has been playing very well. And one thing that it did shine a new light on was the fact that, one, how good these play, like Anthony Edwards is a bona fide star and that has been you know really sent to the stratosphere with how he's been playing this tournament but just how good like even a guy like austin reeves is i know lakers fans love how hard he plays and his tenacity is shooting all that but it's incredible how much better like united states players are and just like the pool of talent in these things i know every year they win most of the time but it's just incredible every year to watch. It, no, it really is. You see, and a guy like Austin Reeves is the perfect example because in the NBA, he is a very good role player. And that's actually the role he's taken on here, but he's he's playing it like a superstar. He's you know doing everything he's supposed to do every single game. And that's because of how good this Team USA team is, regardless of the fact that I don't see a top 10, I don't even see a top 15 player in the NBA on this roster right here. Um, but it's a very good collection of players. Steve Kerr's found a starting lineup he likes. 
It was Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, Michael Bridges, and Jaron Jackson Jr. That team does pretty darn well in the NBA. So I think USA was, the Team USA was fine taking their chances. Because um, like you said, this isn't, this isn't the Olympics. You're not going to see – I mean, you're probably not going to see LeBron James play for Team USA ever again. But you're not going to no. see the, even the younger superstars like a Devin Booker you're not going to see play. You're not going to see Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. You're not going to see Embiid for whichever country Embiid decides to be, <laughs> to be representing this year. You know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily always like that. For some of the other countries it is, and I'm going to get to that in a minute here. But for Team USA, it's all about just putting together as, as competitive of a roster as you can and giving guys like Anthony Edwards a real or, or Austin Reeves a real platform to show off their talent, to show off their worth. And like you said about Edwards, he's taking that step. The conversation all summer has been, is he about to take the step into superstardom, which that is we need to wait to see. But he was the number one overall draft pick just a few years ago. This this should not be controversial for anybody just with the exception of I guess he plays in Minnesota it's hard to succeed there but I don't know I like I like this for a FIBA championship better than I would like to see you know putting out all all the superstars in 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 the United States and just running over everybody it's just a little bit less fun right So, Team USA, we are 1-0 in tournament play so far. The actual tournament has begun. We came back and defeated New Zealand. We, so we were down 10 early, came back and defeated them. Um, not many uh, New Zealand-born players playing. I don't even believe Stephen Adams is on the roster this year. So what I can oh. think of. Yeah, so, so not a whole lot of competition. If I'm not mistaken, Team USA does not have the most competitive uh, group either at this point. So we're actually going to move off of Team USA for a little bit here, move into some of the other teams that are doing really, really well. And I'm going to build up to Team USA's top competition here. So I want to start with the Dominican Republic. They have put together a very solid start. They are 2-0 and in group play so far, led by, you know, team leader, Captain Carl Anthony Towns, best player on the team, of course. You've got Al Horford, Chris Duarte, and Lester Quinones, who just signed a two-way contract with the Golden State Warriors. Again, you're putting four or five NBA players on the court together. You're going to have a competitive team. And Dominican Republic has actually upset, uh, has actually put put together a few upsets so far in terms of qualifying and then actually in the tournament so far. Um, I guess the real question here is how far can Carl Anthony teams really, Carl Anthony Towns really lead a team? I mean, I think in FIBA play, pretty far. And I, we're we're talking like depends what how the bracket breaks down, but you know they could make a run at the semifinals. Like we're talking that third fourth kind of spots, but they'll be competitive. Do you, do you think playing with a guy like Al Horford, a veteran, a guy who's done this a few times now, do you think that really helps Cat kind of focus? on what, what really just needs to get done as opposed to all the extra stuff that goes on during the regular season. No, I think he's 100% going to mess around. I, it, to answer your question, yes, having a guy who's been there, has that veteran experience, it'll it'll help for this tournament 100%. And say what you want about Al Horford and the Sixers, but I do believe he's got a little bit of knowledge playing in the NBA for, I don't know, like 12, 15 years. Yeah around for a while i 15 maybe an underestimate but yeah it's good to learn from 
Uh, I don't think it's going to end up applying to the regular season, but could help, especially with just building that cohesion, that chemistry, and going from there. Yeah, and I, I, I guess all I'm really trying to say with, with starting with these two teams here is that at the end of the day, the team who's feeling best after watching the FIBA tournament so far is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, yeah. All right, so Dominican Republic, surprise 2-0 start. They are more or less guaranteed to be moving on in their group already. A couple other surprise 2-0 teams that I wanted to talk about, mostly out of the sake of naming a couple names that I thought you would just enjoy. Um, Lithuania and Montenegro are both 2-0 so far in group play. Both, uh, again, largely guaranteed a spot in the next round, into the second round. Um, Lithuania... They, they actually are relatively competitive most years. They have a couple good players. I know you know Jonas Valanciunas. Um, he's no longer in the NBA, but you know Ignas Brasdinkis, who used to play at the University of Michigan. Um, and the name that I, gosh, I just had to bring up here, Dantas Montiunas, former NBA just standout for the Houston Rockets. I, um, I think people stopped listening after Jonas Valanciunas, but okay, well... It's tough because I look at that roster. I'm like, when it's headlined by those three people, it sounds terrible. But we forget that the NBA is the best league in the world. And also, playing European ball, make no mistake, like some of those guys probably play with each other in different pro leagues. So it's probably a good bit of chemistry versus just throwing superstars in blind. Yeah, I mean, that's what USA does every year, and that is always their weakness. That's why they can lose and sometimes do lose. Um, and a team like this, like Lithuania, who, like I say, is it's relatively competitive from year to year, and it's because it tends to be the same roster most years. Because with these countries, it's not always a massive pool of superstar talent that you get to pick up. It is the same group of guys, and every few years – a few new ones cycle out, or cycle in, and a few old ones cycle out. You know, like you see with, you know, it's not Ignas Brasdinkis hasn't necessarily been playing for them for so long, but we talk about Valanciunas and Montiunas, they've been playing for Lithuania for years. That's the advantage a team like this has, and I think Lithuania more than Montenegro, which I'll get to in a second, does have a chance to maybe not upset a team USA, but definitely, definitely make an upset at some point or make some noise at some point in this in this tournament. Montenegro is great because it, it count, you're going to love it because it counteracts a lot of things I say on this podcast. And Nikola Vucevic is a superstar when he plays in European basketball. Um, I think his team has a much better chance of going far in this tournament than Car- a Carl Anthony Towns-led team. And that's simply because Nikola Vucevic really embraces the, the, the European style of basketball, the, the way it's more physical, the way it's ref a lot less chippy than the NBA is, and Vucevic is really the only standout player on this roster. The only other guy on the team on any kind of NBA contract is Marko Simonovic, who's on a two-way deal with the Bulls. He does a lot. I mean, this stage shows you what Vucevic does, because in the NBA, he's what? He's a he's a 16-10 and 10 guy, right? 18-12 and 12 on a good year. Sure. He's averaging like 23-13 and 13 right now. Because he's the guy there, and he's a very skilled player. And so an an above average, you know, top 10 center in the NBA looks all of a sudden like a top five player in the world, top five center in the world at least, because 
he gets a chance to really show what he's capable of. And I think that when a team has a guy like that and then has that cohesiveness around them, it's always scary. I don't expect Montenegro to go too, too far. But again, you can't count, can't, can't count a team like that out. And it's fun that they're good all of a sudden for, for no really yeah. apparent reason. I just had to say Dantas Montiunas. That's really what this was all about. Um, let's move into the, the, I would say, the two, the two teams that are going to be the most competitive with the United States. That is Germany and Canada. Germany, like we talked about, we had a qualification game against them that wasn't going very well for us for, for a while. And then I'm going to go ahead and assume due to teams, Team USA's depth, as it was really sparked by the Tyrese Halliburton and Austin Reeves bench run in the third quarter into the fourth, Team USA prevailed. However, Germany showed what they can do, and that's run and gun. That's what that team does. They're quick. They're a transition-based team. And it's perfect for a guy like Dennis Schroeder. I talked about the the Wagner brothers. If Franz is healthy, Franz Wagner is like a superstar in the European realm. He tr- truly is. The Wagner brothers really understand the differences between the NBA game and the European game. And that's the team that no one would expect to upset Team USA and then absolutely would do it. Mm. And then lastly, I would say the team with the largest upside against Team USA and just in general in FIBA to win this year would be Canada. Our neighbors up north. It's a wild accusation, I know, because they don't even necessarily have their best player in Andrew Wiggins playing or second best player in Andrew Wiggins playing. But this team is deep. This is the only team that comes anywhere close to Team USA in terms of how many NBA players they have on their roster. It is highlighted and not completed by Shea Gilgis Alexander, Nikel Alexander Walker, R.J. Barrett, Lugans uh, Dort, Dwight Powell, Kelly Olynyk, Dylan Brooks, and oh, I know he's not in the NBA, but he just won a College National Player of the Year, Zach Eady. Politics, but that that is about as deep as you're gonna get in world play if you're not Team USA. You got an all-NBA first-team player. You have a bunch of really, not even just role-play, quality players in the NBA. I mean, Barrett's a useful player. Olenek's been starting and in six-man roles his whole career. Dwight Powell starts for the Mavericks. Lou Dort starts for the Thunder. These are these are really important NBA players on this team. And I don't know. I don't think they're going to beat Team USA. I, I think Team USA kind of has a handle on this year, but if if I was going to put money on anyone else winning this tournament, it's those guys in Canada. I don't know what it is. It's nicer. I, even the bad years, though, with USA, like we're talking that they struggled out of the gate, you know, really limped in some games, you know, had issues. They still pull it out, though. That's the thing. Like, I, that Canadian team that you just outlined has a lot – well-known is not the right word, but, like, you know who these people are. Even if you want to make fun of Kelly Olenek, you have to respect that, that that's, like, how deep their roster is. Where You're naming it, and he's he's up there. I I just, assuming that they, know, like, no one gets hurt, Anthony Edwards doesn't get hurt, and they can gel, which is usually always a question mark, I still think USA is going to win, and I bet you they'll beat Canada in the finals. 
Oh, I like that. I like that. I, I did not look up exactly how the second round will play out in terms of, you know, what group goes where to play which group. But um, from from my guess, they would have tried to set up a yeah, Canada, USA or Canada, Germany, maybe even a, a Spain is also another team that's typically pretty good. They're just they're a little bit older this year. The Saul brothers are gone. It was, it was hard for me to break them down. Um, no. I, I would say, yeah, U.S.-Canada final, I think, is what most people on the world stage can anticipate. I think that'd be a very fun, competitive game. Otherwise, uh, in the NBA, pretty quiet at this point. You know, James Harden's out here calling Daryl Morey a liar, and no one's really, no one but the NBA is really saying anything against it. You know, uh, that that is like next level crazy to just publicly like it can be quoted fine but to have it recorded and circulate is crazy to me hey i got a, i got a really good hot take for you no no is james harden the next antonio brown no because even wherever he gets traded he's still gonna play like antonio brown's issue was okay sure he played for the bucks but he's like, out of the league now okay. what was that Played for the Patriots for a day. He did play for the Patriots for had a really good day there, but I think he'll play somewhere. But to allude back to that whole situation, he was in China for it, and you know any NBA player going overseas that's showing love to China, you know the people love and they're gracious for it. But what about him playing in China? And I say that under the pretense of like they give him a ton of money and he does that. And I, I can see a world where it happens. Maybe not this year, but like a year or two down the line. Especially because of the fact that there's no value. We hear that there's no trade value on him right now. You have a, what he considers himself to be a superstar level talent with some people, not all, but some people consider him to be a superstar level talent that apparently nobody wants to trade for. I get that. He's not a great locker room presence. So, yeah, the, the concept of foreign play has come up, and he is open to it. I don't think it's going to happen in the next few years because I think after this year when he becomes a free agent, so long as he ex- – well, that, that's that's your caveat right there. So long as he accepts less money, he'll stay in the NBA. But you're right. If China goes out and says, we have $200 million to throw in your face, there is no NBA team that's offering that to James Harden. No. The, the, he also – you know, we've seen what he, like his track record of wanting to go to different teams. Like we know that. The other aspect is if he gets traded to a team, they can't sign that deal until the year is done. Right. So if if something goes awry and he could immediately get out, and you're giving assets for a one year rental, which I could understand why the Clippers, who are his preferred destination, would be hesitant about that. Because you know, if Kawhi gets hurt or Paul George gets hurt and stuff goes awry then you've traded what i assume are a lot of good role players for him and got 50 games out of him it's about as many as you get out of james harden these days well with the load management's going on there might as well but that's a interesting saga um in other nba news lonzo balls out for another year which i you got you got to feel bad for him um, y- yes, I feel bad for him out of the sake of, like, anybody going through that, like, physical situation. Like, his body is just in a bad situation. I don't know what exactly happened to his knee, but it is, it is 
messed up, and I do feel bad for that sake, yes. Okay. Well, I, so everyone's saying, oh, it was the Bob, the Triple B shoes, but what I think happened was he had some knee issue. Like, you're playing basketball. You are going to be jumping. You're doing a lot. That The repetition night after night, like, it, it, it wears on you. And I think he needed some sort of surgery, and I bet you something got messed up. By the way, I'm not Stephen A. Smith. I don't know the inside details because he was apparently leaking private HIPAA information. But I think something got messed up. And I think I think that it he was supposed to be out a year. I think something got messed up. So he's out a year. Nothing's improving. And then he's like trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Year two goes by. And then now it's like, OK, you need another year to recuperate. And he but, played like 20 games or something in there somewhere. But yeah. And he was good for those few games. Showed improved shooting, a great hustle, great defense. Um, and that's, that's what makes this, com- this situation so complicated because it's very hard to, to see this happen. Like, I see the, a Jonathan Isaac situation, and I think, why doesn't that dude just retire? I, I said the same thing about Derrick Rose, and I was wrong, of course. But Lonzo Ball never even was that good. Therefore, it's hard to say he could ever get as good as he was again. And... At this point, I mean, I know it's been proven wrong at this point, but the concept of can he even sit down and stand up was being brought up, to, brought into play. That's a serious injury. Like, the only other guy I can really remember that it ruined his whole career right off the bat, at least in recent time, was Markel Fultz. He had some ankle or knee issue that just right off the bat, no one knew how to deal with, no one knew what was going on, and nobody treated it properly. That seems to be exactly what's going on with Lonzo Ball, Out of the, with the exception of everybody kind of knows what's going on. They're just not doing the right thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's well, really weird, but my other explanation of it is just he can't physically do what it takes to be an NBA player. Like, how many superhero movies do we watch where the, the, the main character is posed with the question, are you strong enough to actually do this? Like, it actually takes a certain amount of physical ability, regardless of what you can do, lifting weights and, and preparing and, and keeping your body healthy yourself. It just takes a certain amount of ability to do it. I could never do it. My knees would give out too fast. No other ball besides LaMelo has actually made it at the highest level of basketball. There's a chance that they, he just his body can't do it, that he just wasn't built for this. And at the end of the day, at some point down the line, he's going to need to start listening to his body. And a three-year NBA career just won't be worth risking, you know, the ability to run and walk down the line in life. It's just not worth it. Well, I think any NBA player or any athlete, but NBA player for the sake of this conversation, is going to be susceptible to those leg ailments those like injuries that just wear and tear um and i do think i mean we see it all the time with any player who they'll be out for a few games here or there and he could have had a worse issue but i i really think there was some sort of thing that was screwed up along the way and from what it sounded like based off his interviews that he was doing they f- have figured it out, but they didn't know, call it six months ago. 
Yeah, I'm wondering if he was misdiagnosed. My um, One of my uncles has had back problems for years, and he's been misdiagnosed about three different times. And I know how far that can set you back, even just once. And there's a very likely chance that happened, they, they, that they thought it was one thing, and in reality, they never actually took a careful enough look. The one other thing was, yeah, Stephen A. Smith was like, oh, I know the doctors, they say you can't stand, and HIPAA violation aside, he posted a video of him calling him out, sitting in a chair, and one leg getting up, and I'm like, okay, clearly he can get out without any pain, but I was like, let me try it, like, because I thought it would be kind of easy. It's not as easy as it looks. It's hard to get up with one leg. What I'm talking about, it takes a certain amount of physical ability to be an NBA player. That's why we don't play basketball. We talk about it. Well, I, I did it, so I can be an NBA player. I want to preface that. But okay. it was like, like his knees, if something was wrong with his knee, he'd crumble. Yeah. No, but, I mean, yeah. we know Stephen A. He's just going to say something to, to remind you that he's in the media and that his, his name is out there. I do think, though, there's – I'm sure there was some sort of grand truth. Like, his knee's messed up. It's been three years, and I'm sure some sort of doctor said something like, yeah, he's got to be struggling. Like, Stephen A. Smith, while very brash with some of his comments, I do think there's always a grain of truth to something that, like, any person that's reputable in the media says. It may not be the full story, but, like – Someone saying, oh, such and such wants out. And then I was like, no, no, they never said that. They probably did say it, but they're not publicly saying it or it's not. Usually also, there's a grand truth. There's so many things it could be. It could have been, you know, the doctor Stephen A was talking to saw him struggle standing up or sitting down one time. It could have been that at some point he did have a struggle with that and now has moved past that. It could, he, it could genuinely be anything. He I mean, actually just, when you talk about the multiverse, it could, it could be anything. <laughs> he actually just shot up a ton of painkillers beforehand and was like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm just wired. No, it's, I hope not. But It's the old plantar fasciitis. <laughs> who, hold on. No, someone had that ailment and like, man, I forget who it was, but they're like, yeah, out for like an ungodly Joakim amount Noah. of time. Joakim Noah. It was Joakim. No, it was someone new, like recent. Oh. I'm blanking, whatever. But I was like, plantar fasciitis. Uh, Robbie got over that. Gosh, terribly. Yeah, I think I technically did have plantar fasciitis, which is just hilarious. You definitely did. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Lonzo Ball. Who knows? He probably has it in both feet. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Hopefully at some point for his sake, he does get back to full health. And if he chooses to continue his playing career, then we can only hope it goes well for him unless he's playing against Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. Then it can go as poorly as it needs to. But we'll see what happens. He's out at least one more year. Um, so you'll have, you'll have to get your ball fixed with LeVar's, Levar's words and Lamelo's mysteries. All right. Anything else uh, in the NBA world before we shift focus? No, I don't think so. All righty. Basketball going to pick up in a few more months here. Not quite there yet. Football a little bit closer here as we are – Less than two weeks out of the start of the regular season. First Thursday game is on, oh, I don't know the day. It's it's not this upcoming Thursday. It's the following Thursday. We'll open up with uh, Chiefs hosting the Detroit Lions. Should be an all-out offense battle. 
Um, one of my good friends will be at the game, so hopefully he gets good seats. We get to see some good pictures. All right, so you know what if you've been a fan of the show for a while, what we do at the beginning of the regular season for for football. We'll get to the time capsules in a little bit here, but um, a couple points I want to get to, and I'm sure you want to get to before we get into that here. So we got the final week of the preseason kind of wrapping up, and there are a few trades, there are a few cuts and signings. Um, one of the biggest things that we've seen is actually some surprise retirements so far through the course of the preseason. And I don't, I don't know if it's just I haven't been paying attention to it as much or this year has felt like there's been more. But it has felt like there has been an odd amount of not guys that felt like they were at the end of their career retiring. I mean, you talk about Miles Jack signed with the Eagles and retires two weeks later. You talk about Corey Davis, who was a top 10 pick less than, I think, less than 10 years ago and has now retired. Um, and backups all across, you know, I understand that it's a grueling sport it, and, and sometimes it just isn't worth the money you'd be getting for it. But you're talking about a guy like Miles Jack, who out of college was highly touted. I, again, I believe a top first round pick by Jacksonville or top pick by Jacksonville. Played very well in Jacksonville, randomly gets cut, signs with the Steelers, has a very good year with the Steelers, and then still found himself, he was saying he was waiting for the Eagles' call. He was looking up trade schools to go to. Um, and now the question is, is, is that what he's going back to? I mean, it's just, it's, it feels weird that, that players in what should be the prime of their career are, are saying, nah, I'm done. I, I, I played enough. I don't know what Miles Jack's contracts have been off the top of my head, but I would assume this guy has made multi-millions of dollars. And I think we sort of forget that if you got like a four-year, $32 million contract, obviously you pay some of that in taxes, you buy a house, buy a car, like you buy whatever you need. But let's say at worst case, if you assuming you're smart with your money, you still have, I don't know, a couple million left. We'll say like five million, eight million. Not that you couldn't work for the rest of your life. Like a lot of guys go into different professions. By the way, back to basketball for 30 seconds. My my buddy texted me yesterday and he goes, look who I found on LinkedIn. And it was Ron Baker. Remember Ron Baker? I love Ron Baker. Ron Baker goes by Ronald Baker now. Excellent. On, on LinkedIn, you can't add him, which bummed me out because I would have added him immediately. But he works. So, yeah, Ron Baker, player for the Knicks, few years, n- nothing, you know, an okay career. And he now works for the – it's a hospital, a project manager role at a hospital in Kansas. So. And, you know, maybe he's doing a little bit of TBT stuff, too. But, you know, a lot of professional athletes, if they don't have this illustrious storied career, they go and do something else. Like Ron Baker was making, I don't know, maybe a couple million a year. Isn't, but, isn't there a whole story about how Darko Milicic is a farmer now? Well, that one, you know, it's, it's some of that like Serbia, Croatia, like, you know, Eastern European blood where I feel like they just all want to be like countrymen. Like Jokic <laughs> is a good example of it. But yeah, it's another one. Uh, but with Miles Jack, I'm sure he made some money 
and I'm assuming he's probably like my body hurts. I, I think he could play is what I'm getting at. I venture. He probably retired rather than have it fizzle out. Yeah, no. And, and I appreciate that. Cause how many guys do you see forced in their retirement because of injuries? Right. And yeah, we'll see if he does a trade. I mean, quite frankly, he could probably, he's a, a well-known enough player where he could work in sub capacity if you want to, as like, I don't know, maybe the NFL PA. I don't think announcing is really his calling just based off how he's trying to get out of it, but you never know. That's another one. He has probably got some good information about the game. There's options. No, hundred percent. So who knows? We'll, we will, we will see. Maybe it could even be a situation where two weeks in, he comes back out of retirement and signs somewhere else. Like Cole Beasley does every other week. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Also, sorry. I, once, once you mentioned an NBA player on social media, I have to now take my 30 second aside. Oh, and just shout out the fact that for some absolutely random reason, Austin Rivers decided to follow me on, on Instagram. And I was trying to figure it out. There's no link to the podcast on my Instagram account. In fact, my, my tag is just, that's a buy, quoting Leonard from Community, I, which I hope to God is the reason why he followed me. I really, really do. But if Austin Rivers is in fact listening, thank you for the follow. Big shout out to you. I have actually always been a fan of, of Austin Rivers. I, I like the way he plays. He's not, he, he's nothing superstardom level, but he, he understands the game of basketball very well, a little more than dad does. So I'm going to toot his horn a little bit here for that follow. Man, you were so close to just, complimenting him a ton and then you just like he's all right actually i mean mean, what do you (laughs) the man was the glue for the houston rockets when they had everyone when did they have anyone (laughs) the the daryl morey all in with uh you know that that mess that lasted for a year or two until everyone started to get hurt and then wanted to be traded but He's he's a good he's a good player and I wonder if it was because of the fact that like he seemed I looked at his Instagram after like he seemed to be in Iowa in some capacity like working out like the Timberwolves stuff like with Garza or Towns and like all of them. Who knows? I mean I mean <laughs> they're, not they're, there anymore. There's the occasional NBA player that you know everybody gets followed because they went to high school with or whatever. Like I you know CJ McCollum was my coach at a basketball camp one time at lehigh so he and i followed each other on instagram xavier simpson uh he was he was all he 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 was friends with a guy who was a coach at a different camp and so because of that guy he and he followed or used to follow me actually doesn't follow me anymore unfortunately but the column follows you he used to at least he might not anymore a lot of a lot of I don't know if you, yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah. A lot. I, I've noticed that a lot of NBA players every once in a while will go through and they'll go from like following 700 people. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they follow like 30 people. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Austin Rivers has got like 700 following people. So I'll take it. I'll take it. So either way, kind of cool. I, I let, you know, feel free to let us know what random NBA player or celebrity follows you. Cause it's always just a fun little, little thing that happens in life. I was happy. I was really happy for like a solid 45 minutes. It was great. And it's for, for an NBA player who I've never outwardly rooted for in my entire life. So it was awesome. It was really cool. So thank you for that. Austin Rivers. All right. Back to football. Um, moving on from, from the retirements of, of these players, the Corey Davis one was just shocking to me because he's just he's been very good his whole career, but regardless, um, 
Injuries are something that we we're kind of getting used to at this point during preseason. They shortened preseason to try and help with that a little bit. We only have three weeks now of it instead of four. Um, excuse me, three games, four weeks still total. But so so I actually I was gonna ask, has there been any specific player that got hurt in the preseason that you were like, oh wow, that changes my opinion of how this team how this team season is gonna go? Maybe Burrow at the start, but Burrow seems like he's – I maybe won't play week one, but he'll be back pretty early. Yeah, I was going to say otherwise. Like, some players uh, have gone down for the year, but there hasn't been uh, anything too much injury-wise. I, I got one, actually. Um, not that my – we'll get – we'll talk about it in time capsule, but Jalen Ramsey having off-season surgery is actually one that – the Dolphins have a good team, and they will be fine without him. But, like, Jalen Ramsey as a ball hawk would be pretty lethal, potentially. And not having him is a huge downgrade to the secondary. Like, you have Eli Apple now as your corner, and that's going to potentially prove problematic. So that's one where the Dolphins' defense could be a little overrated now. They still have a lot of good players, but that's one um that's a good one because that division too is arguably the toughest in football right now so i i agree with that it's so it's gonna be so gross and it's probably like the west last year where there'll be a clear-cut winner out of all of it but like looking at it now it's that's a tough one to predict and like i said we'll get to it just keep listening it's a great time we'll, we'll talk about our predictions for the afc east and all the divisions but that's a that's a real juggernaut of a division Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be a fun. What? Let me think here. You know, it's one that's interesting, and this is, like, more seeds of potential, like, disorientation in the franchise. But yesterday, or sorry, two days ago, Cowboys trade for Trey Lance. Yep. And, by the way, a good trade for a backup quarterback at the very least you know, to back Dak Prescott up. But, you know, if Dak struggles or Dak's on a short leash, does Trey Lance go in? Is there dysfunction there? So I'm not sure. I think it's an insurance move, and I would have to put my money on that. But there's a little dysfunction there, I think. Also, from camp, and this is another quick rant, I see so many people tweet about preseason and camp, and I hate it because it means – actually nothing unless the person can't walk anymore from what i have seen Dak prescott has had either the best camp of his entire life or the worst possible camp because either i see three touchdowns or seven interceptions and i mean that that's what you get when you have a conversation with two random people off the street about Dak prescott one of them is going to think he's the greatest quarterback of all time and the other one's going to be like this dude is a bum who throws 18 interceptions a year because both are always true. He's incredible at times, and he's pissed miserable at other times. I think Dallas, first of all, trading for, for a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance is just a home run of a move. Even if Trey Lance never actually takes a snap for Dallas, that fourth-round pick was likely not going to be anything better than Trey Lance. And and all of the all of the memes got put on the 49ers for that anyway. The Cowboys came out of here absolutely the victors in the public's eye. I, I don't know if Dak Prescott is on a short lease because short lease because we know when Jerry Jones loves somebody, he loves them unconditionally. 
True. But I think it's I think it's a I think it's a for next year insurance type of policy. Like if Dak somehow doesn't get us to the playoffs or if we limp into the playoffs because Dak had a tough year. The idea of well, Trey Lance looks ready will come into play because Dak Prescott gets paid a lot of money. Trey Lance is not. And that's the one thing that can spoil a, a, a positive relationship between an ownership a, an ownership group and a player is how much money that player wants to get paid. And at the end of the day, I, I never thought Trey Lance was that good, but I also don't think Dak Prescott is that good. I personally don't think it would change the Dallas Cowboys all that much. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, I guess I, there hasn't been any high profile injuries that I can recall. Oh, oh, actually, nope. Time out. Rewind. Not that I thought they'd be good, but the Broncos losing, oh. is it, is it Cortland Sutton or Tim Pat? I think it's Tim Patrick. Tim Pat, Tim Patrick went down and, and then Jerry Judy just Judy. got parted off this past week. So we don't know about Jerry Judy yet, but non, I, whatever it was, it didn't look good apparently. And Tim Patrick's out for the year. Not that. The Broncos were going to be juggernauts, but like they, they seemed retooled and ready with a new coach. And I'm like, all right, like, let's see how that goes. And they're short, potentially two receivers, which is unfortunate. Um, but those are those are the teams that I think injuries have really put a damper on. You got any? No, I mean, the Ram- the Ramsey one was my big one from from kind of early on. In the end of the preseason, or I guess just before, maybe. Um, the the one thing I was going to talk about, but I guess today it just got, or maybe it was yesterday, just got agreed upon with the Josh Jacobs situation. Josh Jacobs was essentially the last star running back, still holding out, still not reporting to camp. Uh, he did finally agree to a one-year deal with the Raiders worth up to $12 million. Um, so his future in, in Las Vegas very much in, in, in question. But he will play most likely week one as the feature back, as as expected, as there's no way they would be a competitive team without him last year's league leading rusher. So I just wanted I wanted to bring that up. Um, that's huge. I mean, he's he's everything to that team. Oh, yeah. And yeah, for anyone who's drafting in fantasy, like having Josh Jacobs signed at the very least is going to be a big deal because that's a as a question mark a few yeah. days ago, especially. Yeah, he can uh, go from maybe a fourth pick to who knows. He could even be a second-round pick now. Um, I do want to ask, so going back to Trey Lance. So, Trey Lance, the 49ers traded up to get him. They traded two first-round picks. And then the pick, I think that year, they swapped picks, two other first-round picks, to get him. And it didn't pay off, plain and simple. Um, it is being called the worst draft decision of all time what do you think about that well that's a loaded question because you're not asking who is it the greatest draft bust of all time because i think everybody knows that's still jamarcus russell um but trey lance is on that pace because it wasn't just a waste of a number one overall draft pick you see that happen every day in sports god knows how many how many teams wish they could have picked somebody other than kwame brown or andrea bargnani so but you're talking about a trade that impacted more than just one pick it impacted i think four total draft picks or players at least that ended up like you look at the dolphins the dolphins feasted on that trade 
the Dolphins ended up with uh, – there was some graphic I saw on ESPN that they ended up with Hill, Chubb, um, Jalen Waddle. That's Waddle and one other one other uh, you know solid role player for them at this point. I mean, <laughs> all that for a guy who was the starter for three games before he got hurt. No way. Come on. And those three games, yeah, they won them. But what? What? It, who cares? You're starting Brock Purdy. I think the 49ers are about to have a lot more rough of a season than everybody thinks they're going to. Yeah, time will tell with that, but I I think saying it's the the worst, like, obviously, yeah, the Dolphins came out of that ahead. They definitely got the better end of the deal with who they got, but I, I don't, it's a swing and a miss, which is kind of what John Lynch came out and said, but I don't know, saying it's the worst move of all time be, because of the fact they really didn't give him a chance. They started Garoppolo when he was there. And then Trey Lance played a little bit, got hurt, didn't do a whole lot. Like he was okay. And I'd say it's kind of just open right now. They really didn't give him a chance, which is on them. And that's what makes it a potentially bad decision. Like they should have been ready for it. But the fact that they were able to get a quarterback out of that draft anyway to me is like, okay, you, you live with that decision and it's not good, but that team is already pretty tooled and go if, from there. If the Dolphins win the Super Bowl this year, you can you can bring it back up. You can bring the conversation of, oh, well, you it, it cost you it literally cost you a Super Bowl. Because yeah. the other thing is who knows what happens if they have a healthy even just a healthy Trey Lance last year in the NFC championship. We really don't know. And that's the thing. If the Dolphins win a Super Bowl this year, I, I still don't know if I'd call it the worst draft decision of all time, but you could you can open the conversation back up right now. I think it's just a real bad one. Yeah, but even I don't know, even drafting guys like a Leaf or a Jamarcus Russell, who like Jamarcus Russell is a bad one because he also held out and wanted he's the reason rookie scale contracts exist, because he held out demanding I was like eight years, 80 million or something like that, like some egregious amount and having 50 guaranteed. But it's the reason and it caused so much shockwaves like that set the Raiders back a few years. Yep. That kind of stuff. The 49ers, granted, if they didn't have such a loaded team, it would set them back. But they're they're in a good spot. Yeah, exactly. All right, last thing I want to bring up before we dive into the time capsules here is Jonathan Taylor news. He had requested a trade a little while ago after the the issue with running backs uh, and their contracts, and then some some comments by Jim Irsay kind of in support of not paying running backs. Uh, Taylor has requested a trade. The, the Colts have finally granted uh, him permission to seek out a trade. Apparently, two trades have actually been put in already, one of which was from the Dolphins. Both have been declined so far. So we don't know if he's going to play week one. We don't know if he's even going to be on the team at the start of the regular season. Um, I'm going to ask you two questions on this. What team needs Jonathan Taylor the most? And then it can be the same team, but what team do you actually think is going to get him? It it really seems like... It's very similar to James Harden. That trademark is really depleted. Like, you can 
people offer stuff for him because Jonathan Taylor is a great player, but it does not seem like anyone's forking over that first round pick that the Colts desperately want. A team that needs him. You know, a team like the Texans could really use him. And I say that under the pretense that everyone's pretty young. That team is a young team. If Stroud can do something and have like a half decent year, it begins to turn the tide and bring in a good culture, a good system, you know, a winning culture. And having Jonathan Taylor there, who's going to be a great player, that does a lot and they could pay him. That's mm-hmm. where I think they have Devin Singletary. They still have Damian Pierce, right? Yeah, because he's a rookie. And I think Damian Pierce, I don't think they'll go after him because I think he's a great running back. But that's the thoughts. Um, I do think Dolphins are a team that could use a good running back. They are kind of this quasi running back by committee. And I don't think the running backs are fine and they're going to do fine. But having a Jonathan Taylor opens up a lot more doors. I also don't think Jonathan Taylor, though, in that system gets a whole lot of touches. That's fair. That's fair. I was, in terms of who who needs him the most, the other team that I was going to bring up potentially because of so many of the issues they've had at this position over the past few years and with injuries, the Baltimore Ravens. I was going to say the Ravens because I think him with Lamar is pretty lethal for like an option or just running. They would be so terrifying together. I don't think the Ravens are going to do it. I don't think they're the team that really is even trying very hard to get him. But I think that that duo together would be every Madden player's dream. Yeah. I Going back to depleted roster, though, even the Broncos. Yeah, but... I could actually see that happening. The issue is I don't see it impacting their season very much. No, I think that's one. It's like Philip Lindsay, where after a year, again, it's ran into the ground. But I think it could be useful because I do consider him a playmaker and has the ability to turn a tide. Like we saw the Carson Wentz led Colts. They were pretty bad and he had a phenomenal season. Even with Carson Wentz at quarterback. So I think there's levels there, which really speaks wonders about the Matt Ryan revenge tour, but I won't bring that up. Um, Catch it this year. But now going to the second part of that question, which was who do I actually think is going to get him? You're not going to like this. I actually am starting to genuinely, genuinely believe the Eagles are going to be the team to trade for him. I have heard rumblings about it. Um, I think the only way they get him is if that idea of a first-round pick becomes non-existent. I bet you they'd fork over a third and fourth, and I wouldn't be mad about that. First of all, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, knowing that that pick isn't, if it's this year or next year's pick, isn't going to be anything better than the 25th pick, I'm trading a first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor. I'm trading a first-round pick and probably Rashad Penny for Jonathan Taylor. Right. But that being said, you're not just outwardly coming out with that. You're that that's your back pocket change. That's your, your it's the trade deadline. He still hasn't hasn't gotten his trade request situation. I think the Eagles can do it for less because I think Swift has some value left to him. I think the Eagles and I, first of all, I think Howie knows what he's doing in this sense, and I think he is a 
persuader over the phone. I think he can talk. I think him and he and Pat Riley have had some some good talk conversations on how to swindle some teams. I think the Eagles are going to do some bull crap. I think they're going to trade one player on defense that you're going to be a little bit upset about at some point when they're gone. I don't know who. I think they're just going to end up trading a defensive player that it's sad to see go. But at the end of the day, when it brings back Jonathan Taylor, you're like, oh, well, okay, we just want a Super Bowl. So it's fine. The problem with Jonathan Taylor, though, is he's up for a big extension, which is where these trade requests came in. And I don't think the Eagles are going to have the cap room for it. Like, uh, you'll be you can pay him. You just then lose out on a lot of other guys. And that that's the question the Eagles are going to ask as this situation stretches out. And as nobody trades that first round pick for him, uh, it becomes is a bat as is a late first round pick worth however many games of Jonathan Taylor and a real sh- a real another shot at the Super Bowl. Because right now you're definitely Super Bowl contenders. Jonathan Taylor probably puts you as the favorite to win the Super Bowl outside of the Chiefs. So, yeah. And the no doubt favorite in the NFC. Um, to me, right now with where the Eagles are out with, even if Taylor does come and leave and you don't have a first round pick, you're still a competitive competing team. I, I see no reason why not to be the team to get him, but I also see no reason why you should push the gas with it. I see I think you should wait and, and because I don't think Irsay is going to rush anything either. I don't think he's just going to get a first-round pick and immediately accept it. I think he's going to say, okay, someone finally offered me this. Who wants to offer me another one? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't hate the running back committee, though, this year, and that's where I'm mincing words because once – once you get Taylor, Taylor has to be your back. You have to feature him unless he gets hurt or is roughed up. And that to me is like, I, I don't hate having him as the primary back either. I hate the fact you're going to probably sign him to a four-year, $64 million deal. That's what's going to happen. And then he's immediately going to become DeMarco Murray. See, problem with that, though, is DeMarco Murray really didn't have any good seasons. And he I will say. With the, with the Titans. Or the Cowboys, I mean. The Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Cow- he had one good year with the Cowboys, and he had one pretty good year with the Titans. Right. After the Eagles. He had no good years in the Eagles. There it is. <laughs> I would say this. He, I, I like the idea. I'm not, like, it's not like the season hinges on this deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the running back by committee, because a lot of times the feature back for the Eagles is not, I mean, let me think here. Brian Westbrook, future back. Other than that, I'm – oh, LaShawn McCoy. Apologies. LaShawn McCoy is the other one there. Well, but let me let me throw one name at the, the starting running back when you won the Super Bowl was LeGarrette Blunt, right? And? And Jell J- – not Joel Jay. Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. And? And? Corey Clements. And right. Darren Sproles until he got hurt. This now is a running back by committee. How could exactly, exactly, which is what you have right now. I know. And I want to keep it that way. That's the scary part about this. I want to end this with saying if John Tuck and the Eagles, I'd be very ecstatic, very happy. You just have to make sure you're limiting his. You want him to have a good workload, but also not banging him up. I bet you Swift would be the catalyst for it. So you'd still have Penny and you'd still have Gainwell. We'd have to see from there. Yeah. 
I don't hate and that though. Penny also an injury prone player, so so who knows what happens there. But you're right. I think Swift would probably be someone who would have to get shipped away in this situation. But we'll see. We will keep you updated on who trades for Jonathan Taylor. I'm guessing right now it's not going to happen before the season starts at this rate. I'd agree. All right. If that has covered all other pretenses, I think we will finally get into what we've all been waiting for. Our NFL time capsules, we will make some general predictions, some specific predictions, so and, and we will not reveal them until after the Super Bowl has concluded. Yeah, except Robbie will bring it up once every week. Everyone, yes, yes, of course. That's, that's... <laughs> Which defeats the whole purpose. But, no, nonetheless, we just get excited about it. Um, yeah, we've. this is year number three of doing the NFL. Um, some of this is going to be pretty standard. Like, if you've seen our NBA ones, it's like, who's going to win the conferences? In this one, who's going to win the divisions? We'll have some of the awards. But then we have some more fun ones, some spicier ones that are a little more interesting, a little more fun. Uh, I'd say not. you don't have to go back and listen to any of the other ones, but one of my favorites was the first year we did it. It was who have a better record, the Bengals or Giants? We said the Bengals thinking they'd go like seven and ten. And sure enough, they went to the Super Bowl, which was a surprise to us. So things like that. There's always some fun ones that sneak in there. Um, and yeah, so we'll get started. We'll we'll do it a little non-exciting, but the straightforward ones that I think will be always fun. We'll do division winners. Robbie, who's gonna win the NFC East? The NFC East. Uh, starting off strong here. I don't think it's a question. I think the Eagles got this. Um, I think the only, I, I think the Giants are going to be good. I don't think they're going to be quite as good as last year. Same story with the Cowboys, but I think at least one of those two teams definitely still makes the playoffs. Probably both teams beat the Eagles once is my guess. Um, but all in all, the Eagles, I, I expect that most five losses. There's been no repeat division winner in the NFC since 03, and that's what bothers me. I'm going to say the Cowboys as hopefully a reverse jinx. Got to go with history. I also do think, though, it's one of those where it's a tiebreaker or, like, within a game. It's not like they easily blow out everyone's division. But we'll say that. I hate doing it, but you'll see why. man. Have some faith in your boys. I predicted the Eagles undefeated last year and went re- that did pretty darn well for a while. Yeah, like in week three when they're blowing out teams like they're going to go undefeated, then week nine they lose. Now nah, I looked at their schedule this year. Obviously now they have to play all the good teams from last year, so it's you know, tough. <laughs> all right, so Eagles and Cowboys. North. Who's winning the North? This is North. A, this is a real shit show. So th- th- this is quite possibly the worst division in football. Um, I got to support my buddy here, and I got to say the Detroit Lions are going to are gonna actually win the division for the first time in what has to be franchise history. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say this. The Lions will be good this year, I think. Everyone's very high in the Lions. And I think that's a reason not to pick them. I agree I the Lions will be better than usual. They'll probably be about par with last year but i have another team i'm using that logic for so oh good because 
You know what? I I'm gonna hate picking this, and I could be dead wrong. Oh, no. But I'm going Vikings. Okay, okay. I thought you were gonna say the Bears. Oh, I really no, thought you were no, gonna no, say no, no, no. Let's let's DJ Moore's impact will be great for that team, but not that great. Um, the Vikings though, they won division last year, and granted, a lot of their games were super close, which is why they were dismantled in the playoffs. But they have Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins, while he is a 9-8, 8-9 machine, had a good year last year. And I think having Jefferson and their new draft pick, Jordan Addison, I think that's a good recipe to do something similar to last year. You don't have Dalvin Cook anymore, but I like the team. The big question mark is, can you do anything on defense? And I'm a little skeptical with that, but they, they got rid of their two best defensive players outside of Daniel Hunter. I'm fully aware of that. I just something about the Lions, though. I think they're still young and growing, and they'll be good. But I think they're going to lose more games than you expect. Also, playing the Chiefs opening night is not good. No. So, that's my thoughts. That's fair. That's fair. I never doubt Justin Jefferson after what he what he did to my fantasy team last for my fantasy team last year. Oh yeah. I'll give you uh, that. All right, so no, nothing in unison through two divisions. All right. Would you draft him number one overall? I have a draft tonight. I uh, You do one quarterback league? Yes. Yeah, I would probably would. That was my plan. So, spoilers to anyone listening. Uh, all right. <laughs> in my opinion, probably probably the worst division. I've said the worst division. NFC South. Oh, yeah, I always forget about them. This is hideous. Um, I'm assuming the betting favorite is the Saints. I believe you're correct. Yeah, I will probably go with that. Um, they were oddly competitive last year, despite a lot of issues. Um, I actually think the Bucks are going to be oddly competitive, too. I think Mayfield's been given the keys to the car again, and I think that allows a certain level of comfort. I don't think it allows a certain level of skill. But I think it allows a level of comfort in which he can play some quality football in. Um, the Panthers are going to be bad. And the Falcons, I don't – I guess they're the wild card of that division, but the wild card of that division ranges from two wins to seven wins. So it really doesn't matter. So I'll I'll go out here. I'll say the Saints. I'll be boring with this division. I'll, I'll go with New Orleans. I have to start this off with I agree. I do think it's going to be the Saints. Just with – they had a bad year last year. But they have a new quarterback in their car. Michael Thomas is back for maybe three games. And that's – they still have Chris Olave, who had a good year. There's something to be said about their defense. They play in the Superdome, which is one of the hardest places to play in because it is so loud in there. Um, the Bucks, I think, will be okay. But we're talking like seven wins here. I mm-hmm. – they. They, had, they were 9-8 last year with Tom Brady, and, you know, they have a lesser quarterback, unfortunately. They lost some players. And they just – they actually just had their center go down with a season-ending injury. Oh, really? All right. Yep. Well, that's definitely cause for concern. But I agree with the Panthers. I think they need a little more time to see what develops there. Uh, and then I agree that the Falcons are the wild card. If Desmond Ritter turns out to be spectacular, maybe they win the division, shockingly. But I got to go Saints. That's more surefire to me. Is, is asking who you think is going to be the best rookie quarterback a spoiler for later on? Yes. 
Okay, then we'll wait. <laughs> All right. NFC West. NFC West. Okay, so this was the 49ers last year. It was the Seahawks and the 49ers battling it out for most of the year. I think everybody's on the same page. The Seahawks are not going to be quite as good as they were last year, this year. I I said earlier, I think the 49ers are going to struggle this year. I still think they're going to win the division. I'm not doubting that overly much. There's two things that always concern me with San Francisco. Number one is their injury history. They always have players get hurt all of the time across the board, every position, offense, defense. I don't know what it is, but they have constant injury issues every year. And number two is that this whole Brock Purdy thing is um, – Oh, and I'm already blanking on his name. The guy from Ohio State a few years back who played three games in his college career, won all three. It was the last game of the regular season, the, the you know, the conference championship and then the national championship. And he won all three. And it was awesome. And then he got to the NFL and nobody ever heard of him again because at the end of the day, it was just the stage was so big. I think that's what we're going to see with Brock Purdy. The dude was picked last for a reason. This is... This guy did not play sensational college football. I mean, he went to Iowa State, for God's sake. You, you got to bring it back down to earth a little bit here. They are a run-heavy team, though, which does always bode well for them. But I would tamper expectations a little bit with Purdy because a healthy Purdy does not beat the Eagles last year. I'm sorry. And he's not the best rookie quarterback from that draft class, and he's definitely not the one who I expect to have the best set year number two. I We'll talk about them later, but that's going to be Kenny Pickett. I don't think there's many question marks on that. Purdy draws too many question marks. Their injuries draw too many question marks. However, that division stinks. 49ers have got it. I'm saying 49ers as well. That team has is just so loaded everywhere else. It's always the whole thing when they have Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like if they had just a elite quarterback, they'd kill teams. But you know, defensively how good they are, and then the weapons they have offensively, it it just does so much. Like, I think the sleeper of the division is going to be the Rams, but I don't think the Rams are going to be that great. So that's my TBD. No faith in a Kyler Murray comeback season? No. Um, we'll talk about the Cardinals later, but fun fact, the Cardinals are the only team in history to not be favored for any game currently. So they're slated to go 0 and 17, which is crazy to me. That's awesome. But I digress. All right, that's the NFC. Actually, we'll do, we'll do wild card quick. Now that I think about it. Um, wild card in the NFC. Who do you got? Okay, so Cowboys definitely, barring major injury yep. issues, they're they're the five seed. Um. I will say, based off of the lack of competitive, uh, call competitive spirit in the NFC right now, I'll say that the Giants will also make the playoffs. Um, and then to round it out, I'll say the Minnesota Vikings will be that last team in. Okay. My three, the whoever gets second in the NFC East will make it. So I'll sit Eagles here. Um. I have I have the Lions. I do think, while well, it was a little critical of them earlier, I do think they're going to be good enough to make a wild card in the pretty dismal NFC. 
I, I, the third one's tough because I, I don't know which way to go with this, but I said the Seahawks solely based on the fact that they have a pretty good receiving core this year, a better receiving core than they have last year. And Pete Carroll has proven that give him someone that's accurate and they can do the rest. So I like them. I don't think they'll struggle at points, but I think they'll still be good. Yeah, they were they were the other team I was toying with. Um, throwing it out there, it just feels right right now. If any team breaks breaks the mold, because we basically put, we're picking from the same team, for some reason I feel the Falcons. I don't know why. I'm just saying they might throw some ringers in there. That's all I'm saying. You'll see how John Robinson does, but that big big question mark, big X factor. All right. Let's move across the pond to the AFC. Probably the probably the worst one to predict is the AFC East. Yeah, I mean this is by far the most competitive division in football this year. I I, I don't even want to rule out the Patriots out of the fact that they probably still have the best or top three best coaches in football. So it's hard. I won't say the Jets. I think it's too much coming together all at once. I don't like it. I'm not. It's just weird. I don't know. It doesn't quite feel right. Which leaves Miami and Buffalo. Buffalo kind of got stripped defensively this year. Um, and despite the injury to Jalen Ramsey, despite everything that happened with Tua Tagovailoa last year, I think this is the year the Dolphins are going to start to figure it out a little bit. I think they're going to be the team that wins the division this year. All right. I think I said this last year with the Chiefs. Until they lose, I have to keep picking them. I got to say the Bills, you're right with they lost guys like Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, they got stripped a little bit defensively. Von Miller won't be back for a few weeks, no matter what he will tell you. And there's been a little bit of, we'll call it a culture shift, where I think there's a little bit of cracks showing where people really want to win now. I think they're going to have a tough year, probably the toughest year that they've had since we've been doing this I still think they're going to win though I still think they're the better team the Dolphins to me will be the one to rival them and I I'm not sold on Tua I think he's still assuming even assuming health I think he's still going to have some struggles and once it gets cold in Miami Miami's tough to play in but once it gets later in the year they struggle because that home field becomes less and less apparent September October Great, but once that goes away, I think they have some issues. So I'm still going to ride with the Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> All right, uh, North. This is another gross one, but maybe a little more clear-cut. It is isn't. it is in at times because, like I say, every year these teams just beat the crap out of each other whenever they play each other. Every time, no matter who's good and who's bad, every game between them is a bloodbath. I'll tell you this, though. The team that I am worried about because of all the hype they're getting in the offseason is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are getting too much hype right now. And no one's projecting grand things, but they're projecting playoff runs. They're projecting competitiveness within the division, which, you know, with me, I'm a Heat fan. I'm a Steelers fan. I like like when our team is not favored. It tends to bode bode better for my teams. Oh, yeah. And... We're big underdog guys. I think they're going to feel some of that pressure at the beginning of the season. I think it's going to be a little bit slower of a start for Pittsburgh. I think they're going to do well. I don't think Tomlin's in any, you know, 
any worry of losing that record of not finishing under 500. Um, I even think they're going to be a better team than last year, so long as as they stay healthy. But the division winner, with with the injury seeming not too serious, is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow's got this team in tip top shape. Uh, they they know what they're doing. They know what they're about at this point. They're they're all right defensively. They're elite offensively. They're maybe not the most consistent top tier team, but they are a top tier team in the league right now. Since he's got a hold on the division right now. Bengals. I think the only other team that could take it from them is the Ravens. And that's not a diss on the Steelers. I think the Steelers will be a very formidable opponent. And like always will be a tiebreaker away from the playoffs because they always will do that. Uh, I think the Bengals have the Bengals to me seem like they're going to be the new age Ben Roethlisberger Steelers in the sense that they're going to play spoiler to other good teams in they're going to be a tough opponent and they're going to be competitive for a number of years. If they can keep that core together. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to have it. The Ravens are the one that's interesting with Zay, Zay flowers. Yep. I say Zay Jones, like that's not right. Um, JK Dobbins is back. Lamar's got his contract. Odell's there. I think it's interesting We'll see about the health. The health is going to be the big thing, not just for Lamar, but for the other guys, too. So, yeah. All right. The only gross one in the South. And it's it's still easy because despite what Tennessee did, the, it's Ryan Tannehill throwing in the football. It's This is the time for the Jacksonville Jaguars to take over this division for the next few years. It's going it, it, to barring injuries. It's going to happen. Um, Doug, WP's got this on lock. Jaguars. I like the Jaguars too. I um, I know it's boring. I picked. If I was all I was gonna say if they they manage to turn it around and keep Jonathan Taylor, the Colts could be competitive. I think there's gonna be growing pains with Anthony Richardson. Um, but I like him a lot. I think I think he is gonna be the solution at quarterback they've been looking for for the last few years. I know this contradicts everything that I have said earlier, but I did see Anthony Richardson's first preseason game. And he looks like he'll be good. Obviously, you cannot overreact about preseason. But the big concern I have is that O-line is garbage. Bad. It's bad. And that's what worries me. So I'll say the Jaguars as well. I think the only team that could knock them off that pedestal is the Titans. I agree. And again, with their defensive struggles and having to incorporate a superstar receiver into a run-heavy offense, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And the NFL is on West. AFC West. I mean, this is this is the lock of all, of all locks. It doesn't matter what you think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this division, barring Patrick Mahomes literally being shot in the head. Um, I'm going to say a lot about the other teams in this division as we go through this. Um, but I'll say this right now. The Kansas City Chiefs are the only team in this division that are going to make the playoffs. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. Well, then I know who you're picking for your wild cards, but let's get hey. into that. Tell me your wild cards. No particular order, by the way. All right. Well, well either you, way. You can name well, them. Yeah. Either way, Buffalo's five. I, I had them losing out the division to to Miami. That's like a one game type of situation. They're the best wild card team. The one that everyone's like, oh, well, should we even do the division winners hosting? 
hosting games type of situation. They're the team that's going to bring that up this year. Um, as much as it always pains me, the Baltimore Ravens, when Lamar is healthy, are a playoff fixture. They'll be the next team in. Um, and then to me, it came down to, I would probably say three teams. It came down to, of course, the new, new, newly revamped Jets, the, the Chargers, the high-powered offense that no matter what they do, can't play defense, and, and the team that is always around in Week 17 looking for that last playoff spot, like you mentioned, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers for this final spot. I think you knew that. Yeah. Number one, when healthy, still the best defense in football with, I will give maybe the exception of the 49ers and maybe the exception of the Eagles, maybe, because the Eagles don't have a player on TJ Watt's level. Sure. Um, but the Steelers defense can carry them. And I think the offense, I think the offensive line has improved greatly. I think Kenny Pickett's going to take a great step this year. I think Allen Robinson won't do much, but he's a huge addition to the offense. No one's talking about their superstar rookie tight end, Darnell Washington, that is literally bigger than everybody and is killing people this preseason. He is literally just running over people. It's awesome. The Steelers drafted very well. I'm very happy about it. I think that's another reason why. The re- I, I talked about it a little. The reason I'm not high on the Jets is because there's just too much going on right now, too many moving pieces. I think the offense is going to have a lot more struggles than they realize. And also the fact that the Packers – Missed of the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers last year, and you added a couple weapons for him. Obviously, once Dalvin Cook's fully caught up, it'll be great, but Nicole Hardman's not a game-changer necessarily. Alan Lazard's good. Garrett Wilson's great, but only throw to one person at a time. I don't know. I don't quite see it yet with the Jets. And then with the Chargers... I don't care what they do defensively. They have Khalil Mack on their team, and they're one of the worst defensive teams in football. They just brought in this Eric Kendricks from the Vikings when they cut him. I don't think that's going to matter at all. I think there's something wrong with how they're coaching football in, in the Chargers system that is disallowing them to actually play quality defense. And so their offensive prowess doesn't matter. Also, they're not actually good at offense. They just have a lot of really good people playing offense. If if they had a below-average quarterback or if they didn't have Austin Eckler as their running back, things would be a lot different right now in L.A. And it, it speaks to Herbert, and it doesn't speak to Herbert because he's this great regular season player. He puts up these excellent stats, but we saw what happened in the playoffs last year. It was a total and utter collapse, and that's as the quarterback – always on you and I think that's going to stick with them this year I think they're going to struggle I think I think there's a real chance Las Vegas could actually do better than them this year I have never seen it with this Herbert led Chargers team I don't see it now I don't see them in the playoffs I think the only team between those three that I mentioned that have a real next level is the Steelers and the trusting my gut I always do Steelers are going to be that last team in Okay. My three teams, I don't care what you said. I still think the Chargers are going to make it in. Ooh. I know. I just would, they have, okay. They, yeah, you're right. They're horrible defensively. Offensively, that team will be good. They have so many weapons as long as they're healthy. But Eckler with his contract year two, maybe he has some sort of showing. Who knows? But. Chargers, I have the Dolphins as my other one. I still think they're going to be good. 
you know, didn't pick one in the division, but I still think they're going to be a force. And then uh, I have the Ravens as my last yep. team to round out. I, I'll say this, anyone choosing the rate, like, cause that, that my guess is that's the very common three teams to have in the playoffs right now. Yep. Um, if you're choosing Baltimore, sure. Fa- favor Baltimore over Pittsburgh. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with anybody doing that per se. I understand why. Um, but to me, it could very well be either or in that situation. Sure. It's a, it's a, a second team from that division is absolutely making the playoffs. It's a question of, is there a third? Hmm. All right, who's winning the AFC? So you know your seven teams? Yeah, so I got to so, so go through with everybody. I got the, the, the Chiefs, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Steelers, and the Ravens. Yep. Um, Steelers are first round out. Ravens are probably a first round out. Um, Despite what I said about them, I could very well see Miami getting a tough matchup and losing in the first round of the playoffs. Um, it's it's pretty much impossible for me to say the Chiefs aren't going to win the East at this point. And I'm not. There's no East. The, the AFC. Excuse me. I'm in basketball. They, they are that good. They're going to win the Eastern Conference. <laughs> they're actually going to win a whole division they're not even in. No. Um, they're, the, the Kansas City Chiefs still remain my, my AFC pick. Right. No one's going to fault you for that. They've been so dominant. I've been making it to the AFC Championship game. I think in – have they ever not made it to the AFC Championship game in Patrick Mahomes' tenure? No, they've always made it. They just haven't won it some of the times. Yeah, maybe one year he didn't make it. I think even when they played Brady, they still made it. I think they've always went to the championship game every year. So – that's they like it goes to show the pedigree that they have there. Uh but 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 the only team that's really given them issues is the Bengals. Obviously last year they got the better of them in the championship game. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I I can't fault you for that pick. They they got something good going on in Cincy, which is a Far cry from what I used to say about the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, oh, yeah. we, we we know what we said two years ago when we were doing superlatives and we picked, oh, a seven-win Bengals. You know, you know we, we know what I talked about with Cincy. That's actually changed, which is why I will never doubt that a team like Cleveland can also change. But it, yeah. the Bengals did it. The Bengals turned around culture, and now they they haven't just built a good team. They're a great team. Like I said, they they might be low-end, but they're the low-end of the elite, elite teams, which is like three teams right now, four teams right now. That's excellent. I, I don't fault you at all for picking the Cincinnati Bengals. It hurts me deep down because I hate them, but I get it. Sure. Flip it over to the NFC or the Western Conference, as you called it. Uh, Who is winning the NFC? So you got it's it's a crapshoot. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I, I believe the teams I picked were Eagles, Lions, 49ers, Saints, Giants, Cowboys and Vikings. Um, you can cut all of the wild cards out right now. Cowboys don't win playoff games. Vikings, that's great. That's cute. Giants could win a game. They're not going to win the NFC. Um, the 49ers, I think they're the Eagles' biggest competitor. No question. I don't think the Lions have a deep playoff run in them. I think they have, They get there. I don't think they have a deep run in them. Um, 
I don't. I think there's too too much unknown about the Saints to necessarily pick them this year. I hate picking repeats. I'm sure I do it all the time, but I hate doing it. I'm aware that I do it every time. I am going to pick a repeat of last year's Super Bowl with the Eagles playing the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Regardless of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as much as I want to, I feel like I've jinxed I, – I don't want to jinx my team. I also think that they're you, – you know where I'm going with this. I, I never want to just go all in on a team because usually it's the Sixers and they hurt me every year. Um, you don't have James Harden on the Eagles. It's okay. Yeah, you wait. Uh, I do think – I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think their biggest question mark is going to be quarterback and then health. But if those two things are going to be formidable opponents and they got a lot of weapons – no mistake. So I have a rematch of two prior Super Bowls with Bengals 49ers in mind. And I got a repeat of last year's Super Bowl in Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles in mind. Who's winning the Super Bowl, Robbie? Gosh darn it. This is the most difficult question anybody gets asked because who knows where either of us are even writing any of the teams playing in it. Right. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I had the did I have the Chiefs beating the Eagles last year? Not, you did not have the Eagles. You oh, had... Right. I had the Vikings. You did have the Vikings, that's, that's right. That's right. But I think I still had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to flip it this year. I'm going to say the Eagles get it done. I All really right. like this Eagles team so far. I, I Again, regardless of a Jonathan Taylor trade, regardless of the injury history with Swift and Penny, I think they built a very, very deep football team, which... Outside of the 49ers and Chiefs, there isn't anybody else that can say that. And depth is arguably the most important aspect to a, to a championship contending team in football. Um, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. I think Jalen Hurts takes another step this year. Um, we're, we're talking about we're not they're not going to finish record wise as good as last year. I think they had what three losses last year. Minus the Super Bowl, yeah. Minus the Super Bowl, yeah. Um, I'd say four to five, but this is this is the team to beat in the NFC right now. I think this is the team to beat in the world right now. I think Hertz knows what he what he needs to do to get it done. He knows he's not going to fumble again in the Super Bowl. I like the Eagles. I like the Birds. Right. Bengals 49ers for mine. I think like yours, the Bengals are going to flip the scripts from the last two Super Bowls that they were in with the 49ers, and they're going to win this year. I, I, like I like it. I like I like the Bengals. I think I like what they did. And I think Burrow gets that ring, and we can we can kind of immortalize him. Not to say we haven't, but, like, I, mean, I don't know what it is. I like the guy, Buffalo affiliation aside. Like, he's just a good player. Vontez Perfect put a hex on the Bengals for me, and I still haven't found a way to dislike Joe Burrow yet. Yeah. Um, okay. Real, real quick before we move on, I want to yeah. choose each other's picks real quick. So if the Eagles play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, who do you think is going to win? I'm not answering that. <laughs> I, I refuse to answer that. I'm not. I. I'm not. I'm not. I. You. I'm so weird about jinxes and hexes. No, I'm just not going to answer it. I think you never discount Patrick Mahomes. We saw that last year. So I'm right. just going to stay out of it. <laughs> Sorry. I won't, I won't do that to you. I, God damn, I tried you to can answer that. mine. You can answer mine. 49ers, Bengals. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think the Bengals will win that game. Yeah. I, I think so, too, just from the offensive side. Um, okay. 
We'll do three awards. I hate doing the rookie of the year, so we ignore them, even though those will happen. Offensive player of the year, who you got? Offensive player of the year, if I'm not mistaken, it was Justin Jefferson last year. Yep. It will not be a repeat. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. I like that pick. He's been very healthy in San Francisco. Which is a contradiction to everything I just said about them. But. I know. I toyed with that idea. Um, I'll tell you what. If you're looking to bet Offensive Player of the Year, like the lowest odds are like 1,100 for Justin Jefferson. Like it's a tough one to predict. Um, I will say it's also not a repeat. I want Jamar Chase though, and okay. I I like it. I think he's going to get a lot of passes, even despite having a decent receiving core in Cincinnati. But he's going to be the motor for the passing attack, and I just. I, I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Offensive player of the year, though, is hard to predict. Yeah. Deep boy. This one's a little, wow. a little better. This is tough for me. This is really, really tough for me. I all I really want to say TJ Watt. I really, really want to. Um, but again, with all the hype around the Steelers, I'm a little worried about what's actually going to happen this year. I'm going to go with the safe pick. I'm going to say Micah Parsons. Okay. Switching positions, but I don't think it's going to bother him too much. I'll agree. I... I think your people who are going to be really in contention are Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, if he's healthy. I think Aaron Donald will be thrown in there, but I just don't think the Rams are going to be great again. So we'll see how far I can carry them. Um, I don't even think Hassan Reddick's going to – like he had a great year last year. I don't think he's going to be thrown in that conversation as much as he was last year. But – I really thought Mike was going to win last year. Depoy, he didn't, but I agree. I'm going to say him again. And now, probably the worst one for me, MVP. MVP, I know this is the worst one for you, and I'm about to answer it with ease. Jalen Hurts is going to be the MVP this year. They're not mm. – they, here, here's the deal. Mm, you're jinxing They're, me. It's not going to be Mahomes. We, they, just, they don't love giving it to the same guy too many years in a row. I just – I. Don't see Allen having a good enough year to take it. I yep. don't see them ever giving it to someone who's not a quarterback. So that gets rid of Jefferson. That gets rid of McCaffrey. Um, I think the actual steepest competition this year is Joe Burrow, if he's healthy for the whole year. But man, and I know you're you're bowing your head because you're actually thinking, God, he might be right here. Because Jalen Hurts has to, in my mind, has to be the MVP favorite. I mean. I traded everything in him for fantasy last year. I barely limped into the playoffs. I'm going to have a terrible team this year, and it's so freaking worth it because just watching those 35s every week was incredible. This dude is, as you say, electric. He is incredible. Top five player in the league right now in my mind. Jalen Hurts is the MVP this year. I hate this. I don't think Josh – Josh Allen's been my pick for the last, like, two or three years, I think. (laughs) And I don't think he's going to have a – He'll have a good season. I think he's going to have a great season. Um, Mahomes is the current favorite at like plus 600, which I don't think is unreasonable, but fatigue, I get that. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, is a good pick. He could get lost in the shuffle of the passing yards because he's going to run a bunch. Um, Joe Burrow is the one that I liked, but also having Jamar Chase is the old poiser, defeats that. (sighs) You know where I settled? Where did you settle? You're not just... gonna like. You're not gonna like this. Uh oh. You're gonna say Justin Herbert, aren't you? His contract, you're Justin Herbert. Oh, I hate I, it. So I much. know. 
but oh. you, but I looked through the list and I'm like, I don't like any of these people. Justin no. Herbert is the only one. I'm like, maybe if his, if Kellen Moore can do something with him, honestly, maybe. And they're going to back up the Brinks truck for him. Maybe they still lose in the first round. The only thing I don't like about it is I told him to be a wild card team. I don't think it's going to win you MVP. If they're, if you're the five seed, it might. Maybe. I'm going to say Justin oh. Herbert. I don't like saying it. But I, 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 with my prediction, I don't – Burrow's going to be out a week or two. That's already going to put him at a disadvantage. Mahomes, fatigue. Jalen Hurts, I think, is a great pick. But hexes, you know? <laughs> after, after that, there is, like, no one. I, that's why – if I was you, I would be picking Mahomes in that case. But I get it. I understand fatigue. I get it. I get that. I get that. Um, what I what I will say just is, my God, pick oh. the Eagles. It's okay. No, no, no refuse. <laughs> and Justin Herbert's a crapshoot, but regardless. <laughs> okay. Um. So now we're gonna move into some fun ones, a little bit more interesting. It's not the clear cut stuff you're gonna get watching TV. Um, these are my favorites to do better results. <laughs> this one's gross. So. Bear with me. Better results, the Arizona Cardinals or the Chicago Bears? Uh, this feels like an easy one, and that's why it feels like a death trap. But I'll say the Chicago Bears. Um, they did a little more work this offseason than, than the Cardinals did, who really mostly just unloaded players. Um, I, I'm going to say the Cardinals are max going to win five, four games. I'll say, I'll say the Bears are probably going to win somewhere in the, in the six to seven range. I, I hate – if you would ask me this two days ago, I would have said the Cardinals because I think they're being severely underestimated. I'm not saying they will be good, but saying they will not win a game is a little ludicrous. But I think the Bears in a pretty okay division are going to steal some games, and the Cardinals got to go through the 49ers, the Seahawks. Even the Rams are going to give them hell. Yep. Um, I think the – Cardinals will win like four games. I think the Bears will win like six and will be within that two or three game range. But I will say the Bears. And then the battle of the Pennsylvania teams, Steelers or Eagles, was a better record. I mean, I basically just said it already. Yeah, you, <laughs> no, just, uh, just hedge it by saying the Steelers. <laughs> this is the only time I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles. I, I think the interesting thing to say really here would be how many more wins do the Eagles have than the Steelers? Okay. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say two. I think the Steelers go nine and eight. I think the, the Eagles will go, well, all right. I'll actually like yours, but I'll say 11 and six. Because, yeah, I, I think the Eagles are going 12, 12, and, five. 12 and five. So I think the Steelers are going to go, what would that make it? 10 and seven. That's a, okay. <laughs> You're going to love or, this or I said three, so the Eagles, thirteen and four. Okay. So I think the I think the Steelers are going to get double digits this year. Okay. They don't they don't have the the worst schedule in the world. Gotcha. All right, you're gonna love this one. Our favorite quarterback in the show, Matt Ryan. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking about. <laughs> I I really I want to mess with you a little bit about his revenge tour. Matt Ryan revenge tour over under. Uh, okay. How many games has he broadcasted? You know. <laughs> Our other favorite quarterback. Sarcasm intended. Deshaun Watson. Over under passing yards in the season. I put at 3,750, 
which is 220 a game, assuming he plays all the games. Assuming he plays every game, which is... Did he even used to do that in Houston? Um, Let me very quickly look at his stats, because I did have him up earlier, because I needed an over-under. <laughs> he had, in Houston, minus his rookie year, 4,100, 3,800, and then 4,800 in 2020. Right. I'm going to say... No. Okay. Because of Chubb, and I don't know if he's going to stay entirely healthy either. And every time he's injured, they're going to play the cautious route because of how good of a preseason their backup quarterback had. Yeah. He had 1,100 yards in six games last year, which is like 180 a game. I have to say under. I think they just – also, too, when it gets – late in Cleveland, it's not like playing in a dome in Houston. Like, it's pretty... The conditions play a factor. They also stink. Also true. But, nonetheless, they'll have something prepared for the season. Last year, we did an over-under on coaches being fired. I had it set at four and a half, and I was criminally wrong, and I will admit that. So this year, I have revamped it. Over-under on coaches being fired at end of season. Um, Well, actually... Over under on coaches being fired either throughout the season or by the end of the season, seven and a half. <laughs> seven and a half. I'm gonna say under, out of the sake of we had so many that it's gotta be a little, little better. <laughs> that was my reasoning last year for the four and a half, and I have to say over because I just there are gonna be coaches who are first years who are gonna get fired and be like, why? Sure, and the Browns will get a new coach again, and the Lions might need a new coach anytime. So if the Lions go under 500, I bet Campbell gets fired. I mean, yeah, they should. Um, I think in terms of hot seats, I think Stefanski will still keep his job unless they do horrible. I think Z- Zimmer's still in Minnesota, right? No, no, no they no. have oh, the yeah. Rams' old OC, who yeah. O'Connell. Yeah. Um, I think. I'm going to assume Frank Reich will keep his job. Um, D'Amico Ryans will keep it regardless of what happens. Um, I think Josh McDaniels on the hot seat. I think Ron Rivera may be looked into if they don't do well. Um, Mike McCarthy, maybe. That's a sleeper one. Um, if the Steelers do excessively poorly, is Tomlin on the hot seat? He shouldn't be, but I could see. I, I, I'd say no. I still say no. Um, Harbaugh, if they do okay, I, I Harbaugh is one where they're in this kind of like they do well every year, but not well enough. And that's like, do they switch it up? Um, I don't think Taylor will have any issue unless the Bengals do like real bad. There's there's a lot in there, but South, I don't know about Vrabel, but D Fire, no, Steichen will keep his job. There's I think there's a decent amount in there, though. Yeah. Who knows? That's a, that's a good one. I like that one. All right. My favorite quote of the offseason was a certain Cowboys quarterback saying he'll have less than 10 interceptions this year. Will Dak Prescott have more than 10 interceptions this year? Yes or no? <laughs> that feels like a firm yes, sir. We're going yes. <laughs> I this is, this, is, this is the exact issue with why Dak Prescott is not a superstar is he throws too many interceptions. He always has. This is not a last few years situation. This is a throughout all of his career 
beyond just the NFL, he has always thrown too, inter- too many interceptions. And uh, single digits is no no chance. No yeah. shot. It's tough. Like, that's a, that's a tough one to achieve, even if you're a great quarterback. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, who's going to be the best rookie quarterback this year? I've been waiting for this one. So the, the question is, this year, who's going to be the best one? Of this past draft class, or unsigned free agents, if you want to so, go that route. So, But just for this season? Yes. Yeah, so just this season, it's going to be C.J. Stroud. Okay. I, I think he's just the one that physically looks the best and also is in the best situation for himself because Carolina is going to play a little cautious, cautious with Bryce Young because they have no expectations whatsoever and they just revamped everything. The Colts are a whole hot mess right now. Anthony Richardson with offensive line alone is going to have struggles to start. Stroud is no stranger to running around like a crazy person in the pocket. Of all of the things they're known for, Ohio State is not known for their offensive line talent. And that's what Stroud does. They're a run-based team already. They they have Pierce, and they just signed Singletary. They, they're not going to decommit from the running game after that. The issue is, like, he's not going to put up the flashiest numbers, but I think he's going to make the fewest mistakes. And I think he's going to have the arguably the most competitive team, actually, of, of the three. Um, maybe the Panthers, but I'm going to say Stroud for, for just year one. I like the idea. I'm going to say Richardson I'm a little high on him right now, but I just like the targets he can throw to. Mm-hmm. And the big question mark though, is going to be his line, which is going to screw me over, but we'll have to see at the end of the season, just because obviously Richardson could have more yards than Stroud, but if he's throwing 30 interceptions, then yeah, I'm not gonna gonna say that's a win. So this is one of them we'll both just kind of have to definitively agree. One person won, one person didn't win. There's no no real way to say it unless it's clear. All right, this is one of my favorites too, because the one thing that was of lack in this uh, time capsule was me picking the Bills. In the spirit of the Bills, though. Will they make it past the divisional round in the playoffs? So if they don't make it, you can say no, or if they don't even make it to the divisional round, but so so will they make it to the will they Com- make it to the conference final? Conference yeah, or Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, they will not. Okay, where are you feeling for elimination? I am feeling they will win one playoff game, and they will divisional because I have them not winning their division, get squared up with like the Chiefs or something brutal, and then just get run out of the building. Maybe not run out of the building, but they just won't quite be able to keep pace we're talking like a 37 27 37 20 kind of game yeah yeah. we're talking about like at most yeah 15 points and it's because they scored a late touchdown i agree with you i'm saying no i think unfortunately this is where the stefan diggs josh allen connection is gonna begin to implode it's already there's rumblings and i think a super bowl is the only thing that quells it I, I don't. I don't even think a Super Bowl quells it. I think this is Diggs last year in Buffalo. The problem is his contract. Yeah. It, they can't really release him because they have such a dead cap hit, and the trade market, I'm sure, will be very meh. But I, yeah, we'll see. This is. I think it's it's beginning to end, unfortunately, for that. And 
not to say it's the end of Buffalo being good, but it, I don't know. It's, it's beginning to, that era is coming to an end, I think. Last one, gym class all-star, just superlative, everything we use it for. Bad boy of the year. Who's going to be the bad boy? Right, we had we had a runaway last year with uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I guess we had to eliminate him in, in general from the award. Um, I, this is always tough. This is always fun. Um, Vontez Perfect out of the league, so you know my my go to. He's he's gone. Um, I don't know why I want to say this, but I feel like he's been getting more verbal, more vocal with people, and therefore something could implode. A little bit, especially if things don't necessarily go their way. I'm going to say Tyreek Hill. I like that one. I really do. I like, I, yeah, I can <laughs> definitely see that. Um, mine's a little bit of a cop out, but when I was at the game last year, I watched it happen not 30 feet away from me. I think Stefan Diggs. <laughs> I think we're already there. I know that's I know that's a cop out answer, but I think is it is it self inflicted? Like, does he do it to his own team? Yeah, it's it's gonna be yeah. He's well, actually, I see a world where they go to Miami and he starts throwing punches, but I think like that that was that was the situation I was in. It was like they're gonna be playing Buffalo and Tyreek Hill's just gonna pop somebody. He's gonna miss because he's gonna be three feet shorter than them. That's <laughs> also true. It's like um oh man, who's the I have the Bears receiver who CJ Gardner Johnson like snatched his chain and like tapped him on the back and he swung at him and he didn't even realize what was going on and he's like wait what and then he swung again and just didn't flinch. God. Funniest video ever. I saw it live. It was hilarious. That's excellent. Stefan Diggs though, that's that's a pretty darn great pick because you're right. That is, that is a ticking time bomb right there. Yeah, I'm a little worried, but those are our predictions. We will try and not speak about them every week, but Robbie will bring up how great his predictions are by week two, almost it's, a guaranteed. You laughed me out the door so bad with the Vikings, I had no choice. But I will, I will, I will show more restraint this year. Well, unfortunately, I was right in the long run. You were, but no, it was. And quite frankly, it was a surprise pick and a good one. But those are our time capsule picks. We'll see how we do. Last year, I think was. And are reasonably successful. The division winners, I think we always get some and then kind of go from there. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for the season. No, I'm I'm super excited at this point. You said you got your, your first fantasy draft coming up tonight. I got mine coming up in a week on, on Friday. I got to sprint home from work to get to it. But um, super exciting time. And then, like we said, season starts in like... 10 or 11 days we're, we're under the two-week mark at this point we're, we're real close so get ready spend some time with your family while you still still can because football's coming here's a real quick i did do one fancy draft for work um we're gonna do this real quick because i want robbie's honest opinion on my team mm-hmm. we'll do if i can find it i hate the espn app but that's like kind of a given i hate every fancy football app that exists but i have found my team Here's my team. I will save the quarterback for last. He's going <laughs> to probably punch me, but it was, I had no choice. 10-team um, league, half a point PPR, I believe. Okay. Um, running backs, I have Eckler and Chubb. Solid. Very solid. 
Eckler was my first pick. I had the I had the fifth pick, I think. Yeah. Um, receivers, I have Jalen Waddle and Mari Cooper. Could be better, could be worse. They're gonna have that, some bad games, but yeah. Um, tight end, I have Pat Fryermuth. I'm sorry, that's a great pick. Like you if think? he gets hurt, he's gonna lose the job, but he's so good, and and Pickett loves him. Okay. Flex, I have Najee Harris. He fell. When did you draft Najee Harris? I thought it was the sixth round. Okay, was, that's not horrible. And a one QB league, that's not horrible. I I took Najee in the first round last year, and obviously that did not go very well for me. So I think Najee is a, a fine player, and he's going to have a much better year than last year. Just be careful how high you draft him. But I, don't, I, I, I personally don't have any problem with Najee as your third best running back. I know you don't like to pick defenses, but for we had an offline draft and we had to to put them in. Mm-hmm. I picked the Eagles defense, which I think is fine. Okay. Uh, kicker, I have Evan McPherson. Yeah, that's what I don't care about. I don't pick my kicker until the last oh, round. Oh, it's a kicker. Okay. Kicker. Defense, I'll pick top 10. I don't care. And then my bench. Uh, I get four bench slots. I have Christian Watson. Sure, sure, sure. I have Khalil Herbert from the Bears. Back, yeah, okay. He's... Oh, he's going to be – he's not the starter this year, is he? He is, from my okay. understanding. Oh, that's right. Montgomery's in, in Detroit now. I have Michael Pittman Jr. Solid. And I have George Pickens. Yeah, George Pickens is a guy I'm looking to draft this year. He, he was either 14th or 15th round, one of the later ones. And now you get to see who my quarterback is. It's Justin Herbert, isn't that side? I want No, I want Justin Herbert, and I got – Mahomes went off the board, Jalen Hurts went off the board, and then um, Burrow. Yeah. Then there was a lull period, and I'm like, okay, I picked mine. I was going to wait till it swooped back around. Trevor Lawrence got picked, and then just a slew of people picked before me of quarterbacks. I'm like, I missed out. I have Kirk Cousins. Bear with me. Bear with me. Here's the deal. First of all, congratulations. You're going to finish 500 and just miss the playoffs. (laughs) I... He's fine. He himself has gotten over this whole I'm mediocre thing. The issue is their team. Their team took a big step down. There's no more Thielen anymore. There's no more Cook anymore. The offense is Addison. You're fine. You got Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson wants to reset the tight end market. Whatever. Um, That's it. Okay? That is, that is everything right there. And Alexander Madison, who's a very okay running back. I, I see it being a bit of a struggle. I think they're well coached enough where it'll be okay, but Kirk Cousins. Now I'm warning against him. I'd say golf over Cousins this year. He was gone too. That was the other problem. Yeah, that's so fair. I was fair. I was left with pretty slim pickings. I'm like, I I need to just draft one. So who was the next best guy left? I'd have to look. We were getting into because Trevor Lawrence was also gone beforehand. I think maybe even Justin Fields is gone. Not to say I would have picked Justin Fields over uh, Cousins. So this, this is that's the biggest difference between one QB and two QB leagues. Is I'm in a two QB league, and the first three picks are undoubtedly Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Justin to. Jefferson doesn't go top three in this league. Then you got then it's like um, Jackson, Herbert. Fields is a top 10 pick in, in a two quarterback league. That's that's where stuff can get really, really like there's going to be five to six non quarterbacks taken in the first round. And that's it. Yeah. 
it'll be interesting. Uh, but who knows? Uh, Lamar Jackson was also gone, so I don't Lamar hate him that much. Lamar is my hopeful. for the, I have a seventh overall pick in my two QB league. Uh, Lamar is my hopeful, and um, McCaffrey is my backup option at seven. The absolutely no question I'm trading this pick if, I, if he's who's left is Justin Herbert. I don't want him near my team. MVP. All right. That about wraps up the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. That was a fun one. I really enjoyed getting back in the swing of things. We'll be more regular about it now that football's back and it's cold out and we'll need to be indoors more. It's cold out, he says to the guy living in Arizona as he pulls up the weather app to read 110. Okay. Well, you know what? Enjoy your heat wave. <laughs> it's 68 here. So. God, that sounds so nice. It, it is kind of nice. <laughs> No, enjoy the weather. Enjoy the start of the season in the next few weeks. We will most likely be back after week one if we're back beforehand. Something crazy must have happened in sports because in the next two weeks, not a whole lot's going to happen. Um, but yeah, and then after that, we'll go back to our weekly weekly reporting on the NFL season. So given that, enjoy this, uh, and hopefully it lasts you until that point. We, we know you've been... In a sports hibernation mode, we're almost ready to poke our heads out. It's almost football season. Exactly. Raise the roof. <laughs> Get excited. Enjoy enjoy baseball while, while that's all that's left. Enjoy the FIBA tournament if your country is still uh, still in there. I forgot to mention France got eliminated after two quick losses. Rudy Gobert, five picks, my booty. All right. Got to always sneak in a Rudy Gobert criticism into these shows. So with that, I'll end my end of show rant. Enjoy the episode. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care, everyone.